Content, 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 dog. This guy can't tell a wrist lock from a wrist watch. You know nothing, Kelly Cole. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. Yep, they're just phoning it in. If you're not watching everything, it means nothing. The large print giveth and the small print taketh away. You guys are talking about Maven from Tough Enough, right? You, sir, are an idiot. You said bring five, I brought ten. Please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. Tell them that uh, we're always rambling. Live on Facebook every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can find us at facebook.com backslash royalramble304. And you can also find us on Twitter at royalramble304. Ramble on! What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Royal Ramble. Steve New in studio with me. Yeah. Brian Reznor and Rich Mother loving quick on a Skype, Rich. I put you in the intro. Hello. I ain't seen you. Where you been, old bud? <laughs> he he told you. I got better things to do, kid. Yeah. Brian, how's Florida? Florida is fantastic. And I know uh, you are a uh, rambling man. You are all over the place. I'm a beautiful loser and a traveling man this week. Absolutely. Sounds like a song. Stephen P. New said he wasn't going to be here, and then all of a sudden he shows up on the day that I have a big surprise for him. Ah, what a big surprise! Well, I, I mean, right. I wanted to set the expectations low because I didn't want to tell you I could be here, and then sure enough, my depositions in Roanoke would go long, and then lo and behold, really more than anything, I'm like a kid at Christmas. I just wanted Brian's kid. That's all. I <laughs> I well, to show. <laughs> Sorry, John. It's all right. It's all awesome. right. Awesome. Well, you're going to get awesome. it during this show. You will Pl- get the gift. Plus, it's so much great, high, low, good, bad in wrestling this week. I couldn't help but come and talk about it. I was um, thinking before the show started, trying to figure out my pro and my con. And honestly, I had a hard time finding a specific con this week because. It wasn't so much that there wasn't any cons. It's just I'm so used to WWE giving me and feeding me the crap they feed me. It's kind of look here. Look at Rich Quick's face. Rich Quick's face says everything right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, there's definitely cons to talk about. There is cons. (laughs) You guys want to go ahead and uh, get started with it then? Rich, I I think those faces, Brian, unless you. Rich, obviously, I think is a man with something to say this evening. So I was going to toss it to him. Well, I always have things to say. Well, okay? I, mean, I always have things to say. But please, John Covey Cole, since there were so little cons to talk about, please start us off so we don't have to run over your whatever obvious con you're Speaking is. of no, running it, over, okay. where's Derek? I'm not yeah, sure I was supposed to be here today, but I ain't heard from did him. You, did you take him out again? I didn't take him out the first time. What do you mean take him out again? Oh, no, okay, okay, out. okay, John, okay. I'll start the cons. Hold on, point of order. Uh, just real quick. Uh, I wasn't here for the ramble in the bank thing, so I, I, I have heard about this whole controversy of uh, John Covey Cole taking out Derek. And I did I not feel... take him out. I, he came in bandaged up last week. He says he was walking into the studio and then – Woke up, apparently, like after the ramble and the bank okay. was already over. Well, I have a theory. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. I believe that John Covey Cole 
had Mike Loving and Jonathan Darwin start a conversation with Derek outside, and he went directly to sleep and didn't wake up till after the show. That's what I think. That, that's very possible. falling on the edge of the sidewalk. Huh? That's mm-hmm. very, very possible. All right, so I'm, I'm going to start my cons, and, and I kind of agree with you, John. It was, it was hard to find a con until, until yesterday. And yesterday I found my con. You know what my con is? What's that? My con is that I am 16 hours away from West Virginia and won't be able to travel to Martinsburg, West Virginia, to see Scott Hall referee some KY Jelly wrestling. You know, you know that's, that's happening. This Saturday, you've got Scott Hall, the bad guy himself, coming all the way to, uh, to Martinsburg at, uh, at, at Taboo. And they're going to have Taboo versus Vixen's Gentleman Club. And he is going to be the referee. And I want to see it so bad that I'm 16 hours away. And uh, I guess Steve P- Stephen P. New is going to have to go in my place. Hey, yo. Are there going to be any schoolboys? <laughs> uh, I, th- I don't think schoolboys are allowed. No, John. John, okay. you lost Covey at no schoolboys. That's what happened. <laughs> No, there's oh, no schoolboys, but uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting event. I, I mean, I have to ask you guys: Did you ever think you'd see Scott Hall refereeing a KY Jelly match? I'm surprised we haven't seen it before now. To be quite honest, I'm with you. yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, sure I'm, I'm surprised, surprised this, I haven't uh, seen it before now. This seems like this well, fits uh, Scott Hall's uh, wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, give it to the guys at Taboo and Vixens. They've put this together, and they're bringing Scott Hall out, and he's going to be there at midnight. (laughs) For those of you who are like, hey, he's in Philadelphia on Saturday. That is true. He is in Philadelphia on Saturday, but he is going to drive from Philadelphia all the way to Martinsburg. That's a three-hour trip to show up at midnight Hey, we Taboo. got uh, AJ uh, Cardenas. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. Cardonis. Car- Car- Cardonis. Tuning in. He says uh, he's from Vixens. So I appreciate you tuning in, AJ. Nice. Yeah. AJ's the uh, man. He's, he's who I, I was talking to, and he gave me this information. Chris Robinson, with the comment of the night so far, Scott Hall about to fall off the wagon this weekend. So I'm telling he, you. He is. He's, he's about to fall whoo. off the wagon in Martinsburg. He better bring DDP with him as his sponsor this weekend if he wants to stay on the straight and narrow. Wow, KY Jelly Yoga? That's a brilliant idea, Steve. Ooh, ooh. Hashtag trademark. Yeah, <laughs> trademark that. You better you better trademark that now. I, I, love I, I guarantee that... you AJ, AJ's got a notepad out right now, and he's like, oh, yeah, KY Jelly <laughs> Yoga. I got the next big thing. That's exactly You got to call in DDP for that AJ, one. That's, a, that's my gift to you, sir. Hey, and for real, you know what? I talked to those guys, and they said they're going to do this a lot more often. They're working on some other names, like possibly – Kevin Nash, maybe some uh, Shane Douglas. Hey, you never know who's going to show up. Maybe John Kevin, Kevin will Cole. blow a knee. Hey, maybe I'll go defend my championship in a KY Jelly match. <laughs> I, I tell you what, John, no, you then could. we can get an apartment together because mine and your crap will be set out of the house. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we didn't say that John was going to defend his title against a girl at the KY Jelly Wrestling. That's when we bring Mike Loving in no, the thong we don't out. Bring Mike Loving we have been through this before. <laughs> nobody's going to show up for that. Nobody. Yeah, right. nobody. You're right. Let's move on. Rich Quick, since you haven't been here in so long, my friend, why don't you go ahead and throw your con out, bro? Okay. Well, there are many things that I could have said, obviously, uh, but I will not 
go the route of WWE. As we talked about in our very super exclusive thread, message thread we have going on, we speak daily. We're good friends. Uh, but my con of the week was Jim Cornette's podcast. And I don't want to get too much into it because I really don't want people to listen to it. But he reviewed AEW Double or Nothing, and he had a, just a lot of just old school, really antiquated, terrible views on everything. It, it showed how out of touch one of my heroes is. And I almost didn't want to say this just because I, I do respect the man so much, but he was wrong. He was 100% wrong. You know, he reviewed Double or Nothing, and guess who won the pony? He didn't like it very much. I mean, he liked the people he knew. He liked Cody. He liked Dustin. Of course, everybody did. That was great. Oh, but the Jericho Omega match, it was all Jericho. Omega sucks. The Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, it was a great match. And the Lute and, and the Young Bucks out-Lucha the Lucha Brothers. But you know what? The Young Bucks suck. It was it was just, as he says, for the people who like that kind of thing, that's the thing, you know, it's the kind of thing those people are gonna like. For the people who are gonna hate that thing i.e. Jim Cornette, that's the kind of thing Jim Cornette's going to hate. But that's not what I, I, I disliked more specifically. Uh, here we are, in, we are in June. This is Pride Month. AEW is for everyone, and the Royal Ramble is for everyone, in my opinion. Rich Quick is for everyone. But him calling Sonny Kiss a transvestite from the Tropicana, I'm like, no, no, Jim. You can't do that in this day and age. You need to evolve and get smarter, get more tolerant. Just stop being an asshole. All right? So that is my con of the week. Okay, well, before anybody says anything, I know you're chomping at the bits to oh, throw out your remote. Me Brian, too. I gotta Brian, talk. I see you shaking Not your head as well. Um, I'm going to let my compadres uh, respond to that rich quick, but I'm pretty sure all three of us disagree with you to a huge extent. Am I right, guys? I'm not going to say to a huge extent. I, I think that he shouldn't Nor have said I. that. Up, I, I mean, he shouldn't have said that about Sonny Kiss, and he shouldn't have trashed the Young Bucks, and he shouldn't have trashed Kitty Omega. But I tell you what, he was dead on about that battle royal, and that the dude he was, with the he was, and the dude that with was no the legs. Only thing, that was the only thing that I agree with Cornette about 100 percent is. You know, all the way down to the table being out there for no freaking reason whatsoever other than... And the get... Cracker Barrel Barrel in the corner for Chris Jericho prior to his match with Omega. I still don't know why that was. The sponsor's okay, <laughs> now I'll tell you why that is. It's because the elite, as they've been trying to get this thing going, as way before even uh, AEW was a thing, you know, Cody and the Bucks and, every, and Marty Skrull, Heyman, they would all... That's their place to go on the road is they stop sure. at Cracker Barrel and they would always take pictures outside of Cracker Barrel. So they started giving Cracker Barrel free publicity. So Cracker Barrel is now a sponsor. Okay. Let, let me tell why you. Why the it, barrel was in there, I have no idea. And why it, it wasn't a light barrel, I if don't I'm, know. If I may, it was though, hilarious. Let me tell you part of the, the problem, part of yeah. the problem and what I disagree with you. Rich, I don't disagree with you because a big part of the problem that I had with Jim's summary and review, and I listened to it twice. The big problem that I had is before you do something like that, and you're going to make a big deal about it for your podcast that has hundreds of thousands or millions of listeners, you know, whatever it is, and I, I sponsor it. So 
you need to do some research first. I mean, just because you, as a watcher for the first time, don't know who some of these people are doesn't mean that everybody doesn't know who they are. But let me tell you what I agreed with him about. This was their, what, second pay-per-view? One, first one, technically. Okay. Okay. Uh, I kind of count it all in, but it, be that as it may, it was the job of the announcers, knowing that this is a promotion in its infancy, to explain some of that stuff. Now, I think, and I just think that uh, Excalibur and Jim didn't really crap on him a whole lot, except the mask, which Jim thought interfered with his announcing. Uh, and he thought that the other guy, whose name I'm blanking, Marvez, Marvez, Alex Marvez, Alex Marvez, was too green to be calling the match. Jim thought that Excalibur and JR could have carried the show. I think if you wanted to introduce Marvez, maybe you have him call the Battle Royal only. But the little nuances, Cornette thought that Marvez, Jim Ross, and uh, Excalibur should have been able to explain that a, a little better Two people who, who were not familiar with this product as much. The, the thing about uh, Sunny Kiss, that's an outdated term. Uh, Jim is a very tolerant person uh, of gays and things like that, uh, of the LGBT community. I, I know him to be a tolerant person, but if you're, if you're going to say that you're tolerant, then you need to update your lingo. That goes for me, too. I still occasionally... We'll laugh when my friend John Cody Cole, <clears throat> you know, cracks a. I'm just a sweet transvestite. No, well, not oh. not just that, but different. It, <laughs> different. Uh, Sorry. No, well, <laughs> you know, here's here's something Go you got to think Brian. about, though. Okay, Sunny Kiss. All right, you know, Jim wasn't necessarily trashing Sunny Kiss as much as he was trashing the fact that Sunny Kiss is out here. He looks different. And no one's explaining it. Yes, no, no. And that, it's I the same Jim thing was talking with the about guy character with no development by the announcers. You know, I mean, just yeah, develop the characters a little more for those of us who had never seen Sonny Kiss wrestle before. Because I don't care whether uh, Nyla is transvestite or you know Sonny Kiss transgender, tra- tra- which which he never mentioned that. So obviously, no, he didn't Nyla know. Fo- Nyla doesn't know. Him. Nyla. That's exactly yeah, no exact right. So you've got Nyla who's transgender, and you've got Sonny, who I think Sonny is just gay. I, you know, yes, I don't, he is. I mean, Sonny's just he homosexual. He's in an open homosexual relationship with another professional wrestler. So I, I there's parts of things like where Brandy came out and said this is the first sensory inclusive pay-per-view ever. Jim didn't understand what that was, nor did he endeavor before taking to the podcast to find out what Brandy meant when she said that about things like uh, providing uh, hearing devices and yeah. you know assistive devices and things like that. Uh, so I just think you got to educate yourself. You know, don't trash something, but be only about half educated about the product, about what they're saying, and that kind of thing. I agree with you 100%, Steve. And that was one of the things I, I thought about was when he said, sensory inclusive, what's that? I'm like, well, you could have, you have freaking Google. Look it right. up. 
And you'll or see ha- that it's... Or and, have and, Brian... And, he should have made a list of all of his critiques, and he and Brian should have spent about an hour or two before that show going through that. So Jim could even have said on the show, hey... They said this during the show. The announcers didn't bother telling me what Brandy meant when she said that, but I have since looked it up, and I understand it to be this, and, yeah, it, and you it's know, a good thing. That was a good point that you just said right there. Really, honestly, every single issue with AEW all centers back around three guys who did not know how to explain anything that they were supposed to explain, and they are the educators. They right. are the ones educating the audience, and they didn't do it. They didn't right. tell me why there was a guy there with no legs that looked like a ball of laundry in the floor. They didn't tell me why there was a, a 13-year-old kid running around the Battle Royal. They didn't tell me who the hell the Smash Brothers were. Right. Jim Cornette, though, told me that he fired them, and he didn't want them anywhere near ROH when he was there. So, And, and he didn't even know who they were. But, uh, you know, and, and with Nyla... He was all about Nyla, and I don't understand why, because Nyla was terrible, and it has nothing to do with the fact that she's transgender. She's he, just terrible. He, he saw a big girl who could make, who could he, see, he, he know, get some money from. It wasn't that he was anti-Nyla. If you listen to what Jim talked about, the criticism of the of the four-way match, it ended with Dr. Brick Baker. Yes, winning, and he came up with different ways that they could have done the same thing just with a different format of a match. He felt like that Awesome Kong was wasted. He felt like that Nyla was wasted. Neither of them got over. You ended up with the same finish, you know, with Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, but anyway, I, Rich, I get your point. The, the one thing that I, I tweeted him about and, in, you know, got a text uh, later was uh, there's some ageism going on there as well, with a reverse ageism or whatever you want to call it. I happen to love the video game in, intro. Because I think that for people, you know, like of a certain age and younger, I was raised on Atari. So I love that old school video game intro. Uh, Jim didn't think much of it at all because you know what? I doubt seriously that Jim Cornette has ever played a video game of any type from Pong. If he's played a game of Pong in his life in the late 70s, I'd be shocked. My money's on Pac-Man. I'm sure he's probably played played Pac-Man at some point. All right, I'm sorry. We've mother the entire time. Yeah, let's move on. Um, um, I'll go ahead and go to my con next. My con was um, not cashing in the Money in the Bank contract on Raw. Not so much not cashing it in, but more so the fans that expected them to cash in just because they said they were going to cash in. I've seen a lot of fans like, well, they said they was going to cash it in on Raw, but they didn't cash it in. Well, no, mean, Paul Heyman didn't keep a secret? Or, or, or didn't keep a promise? I mean, that's card subject to change, right? Yeah, card subject to change. That was that was my call, just more so the fans. I hate not, the fact that they gave it away for Friday. Like, they're, oh, no, we're doing it Friday. I don't think hey, they're so, even going to do it Friday, Brian, to be honest well, with you. Well, e- either way, they're ruining the whole money in the bank gimmick. Yeah, they had, they had they was on the right track the week prior when uh, – Lesnar played it off like he didn't know the rules that he wasn't aware he had a whole year. Yeah, he beat Heyman with the papers. I like that. I didn't like that. Why do you like that? Because Lesnar is made to be this big brute jock dummy. I mean, he probably don't realize they're booking him that way, but that's who he is. 
Yeah, I don't like that, though. He shouldn't be the big jock dummy. Well, He's sure Brock he Lesnar. Otherwise, why does he have an advocate? If he can speak for himself, if he can negotiate his own deals, Heyman becomes totally irrelevant. I like him as the big dumb jock. I do too. It's consistent with his character. It's consistent with his personality. It's probably, I mean, he went to the University of Minnesota, but. I, I just don't <laughs> understand why everybody has to have a comic relief side to their character. He does. He has every, an advocate. He's but a, not everyone needs that comic relief side. He doesn't need to do his two-step with his boombox. <laughs> and not everybody needs a comic Listen, relief. There could be comic the relief The moment Nakamura angles. booked the Brock party, it was over with. <laughs> but they made well, T-shirts. So he's right. not going to cash it in on Friday. <laughs> right. Real quick, I got, I got to clarify something with our Facebook friends here, guys. Uh, ben Cliff says, I disagree, Kevin Cole. The Brock segment beating down Rollins was awesome. He swings the chair better than anyone. I'm not saying I didn't like the segment. It's more so the fans, Ben Cliff, that, that got worked, that said that uh, they were upset that the cash-in didn't happen because it was announced it was going to happen. I enjoyed the, the beating of Seth Rollins. That was, well, I'm those okay are the that. same. And ben Cliff, I'm not saying that, Ro that uh, Brock can't talk. What I'm saying is, is his character going to be that of a meathead with an advocate who speaks on his behalf and kind of uh, like uh, Phil Collins. I came back. I came nothing, back. nothing uh, like that was a, that was a, that was a name leak. is Brock. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So speaking Sorry. of the comic relief, you know how every character has to have a comic relief side. Apparently Lars Sullivan has one and he didn't even know it. And that's just him talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I called it on our group chat last night. That man needs a mask and a manager in the worst possible way because as soon he needs as he needs a pink slip and a bus ticket is what I, he needs. Well, I, 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 I you guys know, know how bad I hate Lars Sullivan. I hate him because number one, I think he's a crappy human being on the yeah. inside. But number two, if Vince McMahon is hell bent and he seems to be on having this guy around. He needs that gray beard shaved off. He needs a Super Destroyer mask, and he needs to, Mr. Fuji or somebody standing right there beside him. I would love it if Mr. Fuji, the ghost of Mr. Fuji, That's is the right. only thing that could get Lars Sullivan over. Have Fuji a, have made a, hologram a living out, out of managing him. guys like that after his tag team career was over. I'll have a hologram come out with uh, right. Lars Sullivan every week. Uh, Steve New, what was your con? I have discovered a wrestler, and I so wish Derek Jones was here tonight so we could get into it. I have found a wrestler who is becoming dangerously close to somebody that I hate almost as much as Joey Ryan, and that is Orange Cassidy. I think he is bad for the professional wrestling business. I think he is a disgrace. That's his chop. I ain't selling that's his, it. That's his chop, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> I'd give him a chop. I'd chop him right in the. First time I'd ever seen this guy, Steve, was at Double or Nothing. He comes in with his hands in his pocket, kicking. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. All right, you know, we're going to start going here in a second. No, no we're going to keep doing it. Oh, this is his shtick. This it's, is his whole shtick. I would like to see him get in the ring with a real fighter that would absolutely stretch the heck out. Of him. I'd like to see a real fighter who's sick of what he's doing to the sport of professional wrestling. Did you guys see the slow-mo Van Daminator? This is what's put me over the edge. The slow-mo Van Daminator has put me over the edge. I hope Orange Cassidy 
I hope somebody hurts him for real and puts him out of the business. Steve, you trying to hurt what, what You made me cut some pearls right jo- there, Steve. I hope, Ryan, <laughs> I hope Joey Ryan catches something off of that woman's tampon next time they do it. I hope he, I hope he catches something up his rear from a po- lollipop, and I hope that Orange Cassidy, I hope he gets stretched by a real fighter. That's that's my calm for the week. Hey, and wait, you have to admit though, when he did the kip up with his hands in his pockets, that shit was hot. Like that was fight. impressive. No, that was that impressive. Shit, that was not like fight. No, Chris, no. Chris Starcher on Facebook says when the sunglasses comes off, Cassidy can go. So there you go, Steve. Maybe he can. I tell you what, I hope somebody that respects and loves the sport of professional wrestling gets him in the ring like Brian Logan did that other one. I hope they tear him absolutely to part. Are you talking about what what Brian Logan did to the grandma? (laughs) Yeah. I I hope that a real fighter He slipped on the floor, read the book. Read the book. This is probably the funniest thing. This is probably the funniest thing that I've ever seen Mike Loving say. He probably spelled it wrong, but he says, "Steve, are you hoping he gets mess how Spell that word for me. That's not right. Mike Loving, you're close there. Uh, if he gets mesothelioma, though, Steve will have to represent him and win yeah, him a bunch well. of money. Now, see, I appreciate you, Mike, for uh, taking my joke. <laughs> yeah. That's the funniest thing Mike's Loving's ever said because he took <laughs> he my joke. It from, about he stole himself. it from you. Gimmick he stole infringe- it from me. Hashtag gimmick infringement. All right. Yeah, no done, John. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Let's uh, move on to the pros. Um, I'm going to start with the pros because I'm feeling greedy and I'm afraid one of you guys might steal this. Brian, we spoke about this briefly um, before the show. But it's the 24-7 title. And when it first came out, I was not a fan of it. And I was like, this thing looks like crap. It's a stupid rule. But the whole thing with R-Truth, you know, pinning people under the ring at the golf course. Uh, Drake yeah, it's Maverick, a great comedy relief. Drake Drake Maverick for me, whenever he dove at R-Truth, when R-Truth was going over the barricade, that was that great. Was I really enjoyed good. it. Um I'm I enjoyed not... I enjoyed him being on the table when he drug the table out and and dark truth yeah, is hiding on the table. It's gold, man. I, I have to say that was funny. It's good. It's funny. Uh, there's different aspects of wrestling in a show. Back to Orange Cassidy. Everybody's got their own thing. It's not every part of the show is not for everybody. I enjoy the 24/7 rule right now. I'm anxious to see where it's going to go. Um, Orange Cassidy. You know, I'm anxious to see where that's going to go. I know you're not a, a fan of it at all. I know where I hope it goes. <laughs> but I, I believe I, I believe that Lars Sullivan's going to get a hold of that title. Well, maybe so. Maybe that's what he needs. What? I think that he will. I think that it'll end up in the hands. Because the only way to write that title so that it somehow gets uh, serious is to put it in the hands of somebody who people are afraid to it's go not, after. It's not supposed to be serious, though, Brian. But I'm saying somewhere well, it's going to have to take a serious Brian turn. what Brian is saying is that after the comedy, after the comedy, and right now you're getting some people on screen that haven't been on screen in weeks. I read a stat that 53 wrestlers on the SmackDown and Raw rosters had not been on screen in, in a month. I don't doubt it. 53 yeah. wrestlers on the roster. But I think what Brian is saying is you put it on somebody like Strowman or Lars Sullivan soon. and then Brian's all of a, a huge sudden, fan of Strowman. And then all of – or Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby – I think those are the only three guys where people would be afraid 
of coming after that 24-7 titles anywhere, anytime. And then you could even get them over more, like have somebody try to step up and take that off of them in a hotel lobby or somewhere and, and just, just get, get destroyed. Yeah, See, I think I think that it's still meant to be a comedy title. It it was taken from the time of the Crash Holly and the mm-hmm. uh, where like or Pat Patterson pinning Gerald Briscoe while he's asleep. That's that's the vein of what this title is from. You know what I mean? And and I think go, as long go. I think as long as R Truth keeps this title, he is the most entertaining person to keep this title because it's not going to be a serious title. It's just a title just to get more people you on the show. Who needs to beat R Truth next for the title? He's Slater because he hasn't no, been on TV no, in no, a long no. time. Little Jimmy. Yeah. Little Jimmy. <laughs> Little Jimmy. Oh, you're gonna, Carmella you're gonna kill would be great. I thought for sure Carmella was going to do it. I, I felt that Carmella was about to roll him up. I agree with you, By the way, it shouldn't be the 24-7. It should be the roll-up championship. Because apparently that's the only damn way you can win this title. Did you guys see when they had the, the cameras under the ring to capture I did. I the did pinfall? see that. Yes. Elias. Which I don't like Elias in this spot. I love Elias. But I don't want him full with this stupid title. This is the only way he can win a match. You know, Elias, when he held that title up, it made the title look like a toy. It wasn't even like a real title at that point. He, he held it up, and it looked like something you'd buy from Walmart for like 19 bucks. <laughs> it, it wasn't like, it wasn't spectacular. Let's go ahead and move on, guys. Uh, Steve New, what was your pro of the week? I, I know I'm going to draw a lot of heat, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Goldberg's promo on SmackDown. In the age of the dying promo. You're not going to get any from me, baby. I liked it, too. I thought that that promo, compared to others, and and I think this is the situation, promos have been so bad and so scripted as of late, I don't think Goldberg's was scripted, number one. I read an article today that said it wasn't. And number two, it seemed more organic. Number two, uh, compared to what's been going on as of late in the PG era, it seemed like an attitude era or ruthless aggression era promo to me, and I liked that as a as a breath of fresh air. And what's crazy about that is Goldberg was never a promo guy, you know, right? But he I'm, was never I'm a with talker. you. I enjoyed it. It felt organic. It yes. felt real. Yeah. It felt real. No, I, newsflash. I'm I'm glad you guys are super excited about Goldberg but you know what but but you know what (laughs) it's not that he wasn't always a pro you know Goldberg's never been a promo guy we don't know well he's still not guys I don't (laughs) care what you think he did on Smackdown he sucks he sucked last night he sucks tomorrow he sucks Friday he sucks 10 years from now he sucked when he was running through the WCW roster he sucks every single time that he beat Roadblock. That's fine. He sucks. That's fine. You can, <laughs> you can have your opinion. We can have ours. We can be right. You can be wrong. It's okay. It's, it's okay. That's, that's why we're here. Rich Quick. You know what my favorite? You know what my favorite part of SmackDown and Goldberg was is how they kept showing that picture of him that was like twenty years old, and then like he came out with like the Father Tom beard. Oh, you mean you mean you mean, you mean, you mean kind of like this picture that? Uh, <laughs> hey, whoa! It's got all there. Hey. Hey, Scott Hall might look like that tomorrow for the women. You don't know. Uh, you don't know, Daddy. Hey, listen, you don't know. If Scott Hall show AJ, I want you to take pictures in real time or FaceTime me Saturday night. If Scott Hall looks like that, I'm buying DDP yoga myself. 
Come soon. Hey, well, you know what? Scott Hall's, Scott Hall's already done a video for this that you can find online. We'll be posting it to the Ramble page where he's uh, he's kind of looking like Father Tom, but he uh, he's definitely going to be there. And that's he's what's up. out there with his toothpick, and the old girl's going to be dressed up like a child on stage. She's, I hope your dick's bigger than that, man. <laughs> What are you talking about, dog? <laughs> what yeah. was that? Sorry. All right. Oh. So, I'm not, I'm not going to go into right. uh, further Who's details. Whose pro is it next? Brian. It's mine. Goldberg sucks, and it's it's my pro time. <laughs> hey, pro time, just, just in case y'all didn't hear me, Goldberg sucks. But Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano was better than anything on Double or Nothing, and it was nope. better on anything from Raw. It was better than anything from SmackDown, and it was, oh, my God. I Are you seriously going to try to tell us that that, as good a match as that was, Adam Cole versus Gargano, was better than Cody Dustin the week before? Co- Cody, and Dustin. Raw. Cody and Dustin, five stars. Cody, uh, or Cody and Dustin, five stars. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, five and a quarter. Yes, I'm going to tell you. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole had the best match that I've seen in at least three months. Forget just the match, though, Brian. The whole culmination of things. The story of Dustin and Cody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the match. Screw the, the match. match. That's not wrestling. That's what the, the John whole has thing been is, saying is wrestling. The whole thing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Tell me, tell me why, Brian. Anybody cares care. that Cole beat Gargano? Because Adam what's Cole's the, been chasing the story right now. Adam, uh, the story is Adam Cole's been chasing that title for the last three years. So, like, so Adam Jones Cole, been chasing that title for three months now, and it ain't happened. So but, what? But, but this, but this did happen. May I this add my two cents? May I add so my two cents? what? Please. No Please. story. The f- ne- okay. Next. Well, the story. The there was a story. I was happy with it. No, there was a story. The hap- the there was a little I'm golden book it. of stories. Go ahead, Rich. Is, is that Adam Cole? Steve's mad because I was talking shit about Goldberg. I'm not. <laughs> Rich has the floor. Point of order. I'm going to start. Cole, I'm going to start making you guys hold a, 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 an item. So when it's your turn to speak, you speak. Do I have the talking stick? Do yes, the, the talking, talking stick. stick. Rich, right, you, you now have it. the talking stick. All right. Uh, as much as I love Johnny Gargano, and he is Johnny Wrestling, and he is Johnny Takeover, and he is Johnny whatever you want to call him. Adam Cole, baby, is the next Shawn Michaels. That's right, baby! He, he, Adam Cole, used correctly, could be the next biggest thing on in WWE. Johnny Gargano, as great as he is, and as, as nice as a guy as I've heard he is, he's not going to be the next guy, but Adam Cole, baby, could be. I'm going to jump in there and take yes. the talking stick uh, from from Rich real quick. I've been I concede watching... it to you, sir. Thank you, sir. Adam uh-huh. Cole is phenomenal. I've been watching him for a while. Uh, Brian, you're right. He has been chasing that big one for a while. He's got it. Uh, more to what you were saying about Gargano, I, f- I feel that 120% in my bones because as good as he is, he is just an amazing enhancement talent in my opinion because look at what he helped um not only adam cole achieve but tommaso champa you know if it wasn't for gargano pushing champa to that level champa wouldn't be the heel that he is and gargano is the common denominator there and i don't think he's ever going to be the guy on top of the 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 mountain 
but he is going to be a great asset to help get others there. He would be a great intercontinental United States champion. Gargano? Can yeah. you yeah. Can you he, imagine how awesome Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole's going to oh be? Oh, my goodness. Woo. Question yeah. for Rich Quick since he brought it up. Yes, sir. Cole's dating Britt Baker, correct? She was at NXT TakeOver. She was at TakeOver. Does Cole bolt for AEW? Not yet. No. To be with his girlfriend? No. Absolutely not. I don't think so. No. At least not yet. Uh, uh, okay. If hey, anything, on. I didn't give you guys anything, a Brit- stick. I still got the stick. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Got it. If so. anything, I'd say Britt will come to the WWE. If anything. Okay, yes. Because Candice LeRae could have easily gone to AEW if she was not already in. And Candice LeRae's with Johnny Gargano. I don't think that that's really an issue of... Hmm. You're on. You're in this one. You're in this one. The only couple that I think might have a problem is Renee Young and John Moxley, because after how freaking awkward was that production meeting after John <laughs> Moxley's interview with with Jericho or yeah. the other interview he did too? That other one was yeah. just as bad. Ooh, it was just man, as bad. I mean, you don't think, fire. especially and the part that I hated that only that I the only thing where I was like, oh no, was in that interview. When Renee walks in and Jericho goes, hi, Renee. Oh, she was there listening to this. She could have had plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know what was being said. But, but he Chris, acknowledged Chris that she was there. Her out. Yeah, he snitched her out, man. You know what I mean? He did. Jericho he said, dropped I, a dime the size of a manhole cover on you her. Gu- I can guarantee you that she was like, oh, You man. mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's up? Who's up? Pro, um, Adam uh, Cole, your boy. Uh, your Rich boy. Quick, Brian. Um, Adam Cole's amazing. I'm with you. I seen uh, to get bundles and and Goldberg still sucks. Goldberg doesn't suck. He he, yeah. he was part of the era that made X amount of dollars and had he should have been he should have still been on the bench for the Atlanta Falcons. What's your what's your pro, Lou? My, his pro is that, that, uh, that <laughs> Rich <laughs> Quick, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, he said, "Who? Who? Uh, who? Quick?" My my pro of the week was the Firefly Funhouse. Oh man, that's good. Because I absolutely loved it. Like the the uh, Huskins the pig. Like, come on, like. For those who don't know, he was Husky Harris. That's right. He's Huskins the pig, and he was a little fat guy at that time, you know. And then you bring in the Vince McMahon puppet. You bring in Abigail. You bring in uh, Ramble and Rabbit, which some people feel is like the fact that he would ramble a lot. So these are all alter egos of his personality, all his little puppets. And then Vince McMahon comes in, and he talks about how, he, you know, you're – no, wait. And then he makes fun of Vince McMahon with the little dance thing. With the Zubaz and the fanny pack, I think they're on the right track. Muscle time, Whoever's, isn't it? Yeah, muscle yeah, time. Yeah, the muscle time. And so I think they're on the right track of in the in the climate right now of everybody like shitting on Vince McMahon and how terrible the ideas are. If you can sneak some ideas past to be like, we're going to make fun of this and and make you the butt of the joke about how stupid all these ideas are. And about, I think this is a perfect time for, for Bray Wyatt because after the Moxley interview and everything that's coming out, if you just lean in to the fact that sometimes Vince McMahon makes stupid decisions, 
and then I'm going to take it, your talking stick real quick, Rich. But you're right because this whole production no. seems like it is not WWE. It seems like it's another company coming at WWE, and I'll absolutely love it as from, you were yeah. from within. Because I'm telling you, what is professional wrestling when professional wrestling is at its best? Whether it's an individual or a company, it's real life turned to 11. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Real life turned up on 11. And if they could somehow figure out, if there's somebody creative enough, smart enough, booking and creative, that could take this, what everybody knows now and from the inside from Moxley, and turn that into an angle because you had the Mr. McMahon character before. Now, if you have the Satan McMahon, where he comes up with these stupid ideas and the wrestlers are basically making fun of him, you could have Stephanie and Shane and perhaps even Triple H come to his defense or have Stephanie and Shane come to his defense and then Hunter join in with the boys and the girls in the back and be critical of old Satan McMahon, the, the old crazy man that comes up with these stupid ideas. Possibilities you could are go somewhere with that because that's real life turned to 11. I, I lost it when he said, shake your behind, <laughs> erase your mind. That was good. That was great. That was good. And, and I loved it when he was talking to Huskins and he was like, you know, you're going to get it together and then they're going to say you're a genius. They'll even tell you you got the whole world in your hands. <laughs> it's like if you really Brilliant. listen to it, he's going deep with this. Yeah, really, really, he is. Just like Rich said, from the Husky Harris character, right on down, and then you bring in the Devil McMahon. I, I, it was all that was almost mine this week, Rich. I think you picked a great one. I was so glad that you didn't pick that because because <laughs> I had nothing else. No. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, on, on another note, John, I, and I I don't know what the list of stuff. Guys, it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan. I, it doggone is. it. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Because if you think of this past weekend, we had NXT. There was MLW, uh, Fury Road, which was a great card. And the, and the debut of the Von Erich boys. And, and MLW announces right after that, they're going to Dallas. You talk about a hot show, September in Dallas, Texas, with the Von Erichs making their comeback. I mean, that's going to be fantastic. Plus, you had New Japan. ROH did uh, a show. Uh, John the, Moxley's uh, the new IWGP uh, John US Moxley's champion. John Moxley's the new U.S. champ. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great time to be a fan of the sport of professional wrestling. That's right. So, shake you behind and erase your mind. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and we're going to talk about some other stuff going on in the rest of the world. We'll be right back. Woo! Since 2001, drug companies dumped a billion opioid pills in West Virginia, causing over 3,000 overdose deaths and thousands of babies born addicted by no fault of their own. I'm attorney Stephen New. If you're the grandparent or guardian of a child born with neonatal abstinence syndrome, call me. I'll help you seek just compensation. Call the law offices of Stephen P. New at 1-844-BAD-PILLS before time runs out. All right, guys, and we are back. And as promised, we're going to talk about some other stuff going on in the news. We're not going to be able to talk about everything going on in the news because there's so much wrestling, just like you uh, uh, mentioned before the break there. There's so much going on. But we're going to try to get to some of the uh, popular topics this week. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off by saying, uh, I don't know if you guys seen this, but the WWE reportedly offered retired UFC fighter George St. Pierre a contract. Pierre said that uh, he wouldn't be opposed to doing a special appearance, but doesn't picture himself working there on a week-to-week basis. That's still okay. If you can bring I wonder him where in, we heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do you guys think uh, George St. Pierre would be money in WWE? No. Brian? Rich? I, you know, I don't know. I love George St. Pierre as, as an MMA fighter, and I always have. I've always liked George St. Pierre more than you know anybody he faced. But uh, I just don't see it. Okay. I, don't, I don't think he can. No. I don't think he can be a pro wrestler. Now I'd rather see Travis Brown uh, just to get Ronda. Or honestly, I would like to see Tyron Woodley. I think would be a very good UFC fighter. Uh, and of course, Conor McGregor. But he don't need that money. I so. always wanted. I always wanted Rampage to go full on pro wrestler, but you know it's too late for that. I guess. Yeah, he's a little man, long in the tooth, as they say. AEW sells just under 100,000 buys for their Double or Nothing pay-per-view. All in in October had just over 52,000 buys. It beat Money in the Bank by 35%. Now, I'm not sure if that's including uh, the different avenues or if that's just strictly pay-per-view buys on uh, DirecTV, yada, 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 yada. Of course um, it beat Money in the Bank because Money in the Bank's on the network. That's what I was about to say. If that's the case, then it's not nothing to brag about because the network... Somebody would be a fool to not get the network and pay $60 for their pay-per-view or whatever they're charging these days. Yeah, but they, see, but that's like false statistics because if if WWE has 2 million subscribers on the network, they yeah, can say... 2 million views right there. 2 yeah. million, we had 2 million people watch this show. Right. But, you know, I don't know whether 100, you know, 2 million people actually watched Money in the Bank. I'm sure they did not. I so. watched some of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched some of it. I watched the whole thing and kind of wish I wouldn't have. This was <laughs> almost my con for the week, and that is Melter's love affair with AEW and, and Melter's involvement with, with AEW because Melter has always built a, a career on being an independent journalist. And I think he needs to decide whether or not he's going to be a fanboy and, and promo for AEW. Or is he going to be a serious journalist? Because he came out the night of, two hours after the pay-per-view, and said, 220,000 buys. And I know people on the inside of the wrestling business that said, you can't get same-day results of pay-per-view buys. You don't even know them for three to four weeks. Now here it's come out a couple weeks later. It wasn't 220,000. He got Google searches. Because AEW Double or Nothing on the day of was the second most Google searched term. Second most recognizable. <laughs> Two. So, so it was the second most Google searched term with 220,000 searches, but their pay per view buys were 98,000. And so Meltzer either needs to pay closer attention. I'm going to say shame on you, Steve Newton. I'll tell you why. Shame on you for expecting a wrestling journalist. To be legitimate, they're working too, brother. <laughs> well, and also there's the the whole you know uh, they gave six stars to he gave six stars to Cody and Dustin, and they weren't in the Tokyo Dome, so it mu- they must have grown a little bit because normally you have to be in the Tokyo Dome to get six, six stars, stars by Meltzer standards. I'm just glad to see Meltzer's off of uh, New Japan's day. 
there's always this weekend, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that Jericho. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. No, uh, we'll I, I've said my piece about the pay per view buys. I'm sorry, John. You're right. <laughs> What's else in the news, Derek? Have you called? Let's see. Uh, it was Anything reported that Rick Impact Flair? officials contacted Brian Cage before Double or Nothing and told him that he wasn't allowed to wrestle in the Casino Battle Royale. Brian Cage is set to also defend his Impact World Championship against Michael Elgin July 7th at Slammiversary. But more Why wasn't he allowed? Um, not sure, because the, the strange thing is because he was part of the all-in uh, over-budget Battle Royale. But he, I'll it, tell you it why. was reported, and I haven't seen it debunked, so it must be legitimate. But apparently, the Impact officials got a hold of him and told him that he was not allowed to be on TV at this. Uh, oh, well, I can dig that. I mean, if you, AEW if you show, no, I, I'll tell you why. It's because would you want, like, because Impact is not associated with AEW. Brian Would you Cage? want your champion in yeah, there with the, a bag of laundry that was on the ground? With no and legs. probably get and probably get eliminated by that bag of laundry. If yeah, Derek no, was yeah. here, he you would, he would be all so, over you, Brian. What's, wor- what's worse, your champion gets thrown out by uh, MJM, Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, or you know some talent that's associated with ROH. I mean, yeah. it's it's a bad look for for you. Don't it, want it, your champion in there at all. And Tommy Dreamer is with impact, but he's not signed to a performance contract and right. he's not the champion and he's not the champion. Right. So, but you don't want, so, so I actually agree with impact in this. No, Brian cage, unless you're going to win, you don't get to be, is he wrestling at impact with no contract though? Tommy Dreamer? No. Okay. Uh, Brian, Brian cage. I don't think so. I think they allow their, their, their wrestlers to do outside appearances. Well, just button. <laughs> I think this was one As of those As I told you through. before the show, Rich Quick, the large print giveth and the small print taketh away. <laughs> and if Impact wants to prevent this kind of situation, brother, you better put it in the small print. I'm sure he will have an, an addendum. There will be an addendum to that contract <laughs> there will be, soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This next one is uh, kind of uh, uh, lengthy, so bear with me. Allegedly, a fan at a recent Ring of Honor show was giving Velvet Sky down the road when she was involved in a dark match. Sky said something about the fan being a virgin, and the fan retaliated by saying something about her sleeping with a fat turd, Bully Ray. Um, Sky went to the back to end the segment shortly after. All right, guys, hang on now. Calm down. I got the talking stick, damn it. We're, we're not saying a word. We're laughing. Shortly after, a security guard allegedly told the fan that he needed to talk to him about an incident and directed him to the back. There he met Bully Ray. Bully Ray allegedly told him not to talk to the girls anymore, don't be disrespectful to them, or don't say anything to them that he wouldn't say to his mother. The fan said that he was very much being intimidated with purpose by Bully. Uh, And since then, a female fan has since said that uh, uh, she has had a certain Ring of Honor wrestler say things to her on multiple occasions. Things like, you wish you could blow me, blow your kisses (laughs) at her. Telling her, Steve, how old are you? I'm 48. <laughs> I like it. Telling her, telling her what hotel room he was in, yada, 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 yada. She said that she never came forward because she felt like it was just a hill doing hill things. and followed that That's what wa- she should have felt like because that's what it was. <laughs> and, and furthermore, uh, she followed that with... Unless why he gave o- her a key. <laughs> 
followed that with why is it okay for the male wrestlers to give uh, this treatment to the female fans, but when a male fan gives it to a female wrestler, it's considered inappropriate, which is, what's that, a room key? (laughs) You know know what the real question here is? The real question here is, how does Bully Ray pull such hot ass? <laughs> you know, he's got Velvet Sky. He used to have Brooke Hogan. How's he do it? Like, what is it with, I mean, he's not a nice guy. We all know he's an asshole. He's not the best looking guy on the planet. Oh, What's, what does he have? Sorry, this big hog what? of a hand I had just knocked my phone over. <laughs> I well, the calf, probably his the calves aren't the only thing that's abnormally large, Brian. <clears throat> probably has wow, it must be. It, it must, must be. be his wonderful personality that we've but, all so but, much heard about. But you about guys are the avoiding the, uh, the, 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 the happenstance here. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think I don't care. You don't care? You tell your fans, to, I mean, she's playing the role of a heel, right? Sure. So you tell your fans, don't heckle the heels. Yeah. A heel's job is to get heat. Yeah, if uh, you know, it, it, the only thing about this story that I care about is how the hell Bully Ray pulled Velvet Sky. That's the only <laughs> thing that I can think of that is something I give a shit about in the whole thing. All right, sorry. Uh, I will give my opinion on this. All right, as as uh, someone who's been in backstage areas a lot as Resner has, and and as you have too, Covey Cole, and uh, but it's <laughs> yes, it was a heel thing why get i remember one time there was an sew show all right and i relish in the fact of getting people to yell at me and and legitimately hate me one of these chicks spit on this dude and he didn't he it was okay shane douglas spit on me one time and i wasn't even managing him but that's a different story for a different day fact is we had like one female manager who came out there and almost legitimately got into a fight with a woman in the audience because she didn't understand the shit was a work, right? So, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I All do. right. Yeah, you do. So, but the fact is, is that for somebody of Bully Ray status who's been in the business for so long, you talks, you called me fat in front of my girlfriend. Let's go back and talk about it. That's stupid. Sure. That's yeah. just dumb. Like, you- who cares? Speaking you go of, out to like he could have gone out to the ring and cut a promo on that guy. That's what he should have done. I mean, you know, Ric Flair's been doing that for forty, close to fifty years. Come on, fat, fat boy, boy, I'm gonna come the, down there. The ring. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a woman out of your old lady. I mean, he's that, been. That's uh, you what know, you do. Don't cut a promo in the back because that makes it personal. Do don't you remember cut a promo? Do you remember when when Huck? Huck was out at the SCW arena. He goes out there. He's he's getting heat, and some racist redneck drops the in bomb right sure. on on Huck. Yeah, this was Called, just, uh, last year, wasn't it, or this year? Co- one. Oh, I'm talking about an SCW show. Oh, okay. I'm talking about an, okay. I'm talking about an SCW show, and Huck gets called the N word, and then we all go back to the back, and we're all in the back. Huck comes in, and he's serious as can be, and he's like. Did you hear them? They called me. And everybody's looking like, oh, man, Huck's mad. And then he starts high-fiving everybody. He's like, get more heat than that. Get more heat than that. (laughs) Who's going to get more heat than that? And I was like, okay. that's." (laughs) He's happy that he just got called a racial slur. We were talking about that gender orientation issue earlier in in Cornette's review. 
Super Oprah did the exact same thing at one of Gary's shows recently, and somebody was calling Super Oprah, you know, the F word and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. Super Oprah stops the match, grabs the mic, looks to the back where the Madison police and all that is and says, I heard that name y'all called me and she said, but I'm going to stop right here and say, that police officer back there, you going home with me tonight, boy. And the whole arena just erupted <laughs> in laughter. I mean, and, and that's where a wrestler just totally flipped that, got more, got laughter, then got a bunch of heat and ended up with I the may, win. I may be the minority here, but in my opinion, no, you're not. You're, you're a white guy. You're, no, right. you're not a minority. You're, my, my you're opinion, a ginger. My opinion. You're not a minority. <laughs> you're my a opinion here, too. gentlemen. <laughs> when it comes I don't care to professional where in the world wrestling, you are. You're not a minority. When it comes to professional wrestling, all bets are off. All gloves are off. In my opinion, this is how it should be. There I should agree. be no. Uh, Why are you the minority? We're all somebody. saying the exact same thing. It's a make it work it. Yeah, work it. They, they pay, we're getting paid to be in the ring. They are paying to see us. Do not get butt hurt when they say things about you. That's all it is. Per exactly. Yep. That all thing right. is Next. just you have to be smarter than they are because I am. And that's why I do a good job. That be now move on. Mike Bennett and Maria Canelo <laughs> seems Seems to be on the Move way on. out of WWE. Maria tweeted out yesterday, now you pay attention, ha, 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 two weeks. So I'm guessing in two weeks your contracts are up, maybe? Yeah. Well, you know what? They're two of the most underused talents. I and mean, that's saying something because WWE is <laughs> full of underused talents. But how are you going to have Mike Bennett and, and Maria Kanellis and not do anything with them? Mike Bennett in ROH was incredible. Maria Kanellis is gorgeous, and she's amazing on the mic. You gonna take those two people and just basically stick them on the shelf I, for no I, I reason? Agree, I agree. I agree, Brian. And you came up with some stupid love angle, that, and then you you just ran it two or three weeks, and that's the best that your creative team can do. For yeah, Mike all, you did, Maria all, all you did. All you did was the Miz and Maurice. They made SmackDown Miz and Maurice to Raw Miz and Maurice, and it just didn't work. And why would it work? You took one of the best wrestlers in ROH and said that he's such a, a, a he's such a cuck. wussy. T- yeah, he's, yeah, he's such s- a cuck that he takes his <laughs> uh, he takes his wife's name. Like they just all they did was just piss all over those two and set them on the shelf. Ridiculous. Like I'm glad they're leaving because they should. I hope they go to AEW and Mike becomes the star he's supposed to be. Absolutely. Uh. John Covey Cole, do uh, do you have an update on Ric Flair? How's he doing? Uh, he's doing good, other than the fact that uh, he's threatening uh, legal action against his uh, former um, agent. agent. Yeah, yeah I, I'll that. be interested to see how this works out because Flair started a YouTube channel after his surgical procedure, and he cut a Ric Flair style promo. 18 it's minutes. Up, it's up in the air whether or not. How long well, was I was it? talking about the first one. 18 minutes is what, wow. I, was, is what I read. Is Because he the, had several because he posted them on Instagram The first as well. one, though, he took shots at Shawn Michaels. Yes, he, he I've seen that it, one. The first and the second one, he took shots at Shawn Michaels for what Michaels said about him in the Richard Fleer 
segments of 30 on 30. 30. And I've heard that analyzed to death. A lot of people are saying, hey, that's Flair working you to try to get you to view his YouTube channel. Because he's not going to be Richard Flair. He's not going to be the guy who's taking it easy. He's going to be that character on that YouTube channel. Well, it's, it's always ever known. It's always ever known. Of course, right. that's who he's going to be. Then came, he's outside somewhere with palm trees, cutting a real life promo on his former agent, saying, I dare you to come and sue me. That's the 18 minute one. And then it got taken down because, you know, defamation is actionable. Uh, and there's two types. There's slander, the spoken word, and libel, the written word. And uh, if you knowingly make a false statement someone in a well-publicized area, and Ric Flair is uh, a public figure, he's got a lot of followers, fans, uh, if he makes a knowingly false statement, you know, that my world even is the, not wrestling. Even though he's a wrestler and he could be cutting a promo on this guy and, and using... It was a well, woman, if I believe. it damages, see, she's not a public figure. Sure, but, he, but she's he a real person, a real lawyer with real clients and a real reputation. And if one of her former clients says she stole money from me, and that was one of the things Flair said, because I watched the video, or the better part of it, Flair said she stole money from me. Former 10 year long friend, and she stole money from me. That's a heck of a bad accusation to make against the lawyer. So you better have your stuff to back it up if you're going to make those claims. So even though the video is taken down, he can still be held accountable for that? Yeah. I'd imagine. Yep. So, uh, does anything ever really go away? Not anymore. On the internet? Not anymore. I know they make Brian's cream. Brian's got pictures that he sends us all the time of people probably hoping with wish and pray. I know they make that, cream that makes stuff go away for a little while, but it eventually comes back. Well. He's talking anyway. about dick pics, Resner. That's what he's talking about. Stop sending them. <laughs> I just want y'all to check it out, man. <laughs> All right, here you no, go. This is a pretty, pretty hot topic this week. John Moxley told Chris Jericho during his Talk is Jericho interview that WWE wrote a joke for him to say about Roman Reigns' leukemia mm, that was so awful was he refused to say it. Week. Mox said that this line about Roman Reigns was so bad that it would have cost people their jobs and WWE would have had sponsors calling them about it. Yeah. Um, Did you hear what was said? No, hold on. It was said well, that the line Moxley refused to say was, I don't know who's more of a dead man walking, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. Only difference, I'm going to kill Seth, and God is going to kill Roman. Chris Jericho has claimed on Twitter that that statement is, is, isn't is true. It's false, that that's not what he said. But then again, it could just be Jericho trying to um, say sell it. something. Um, that, But that's bad. But no, that's, a, if, that's if, bad. If, okay, it's bad. Okay, <laughs> if, if 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 you say that, okay, and you actually Hello, got Mr. somebody Hayes. that has the leukemia, okay. <laughs> but well, no, that's if, bad. But if he really did say, uh, was supposedly to say something even worse than that, I can only imagine what it could have been. You know what I mean? That sounds like, I mean, that's a hell of a line. How does I gotta McMahon say, know? You got a whole lot of heat. That's how, everybody got a whole lot of heat, baby. A whole lot of heat, baby. How does McMahon know? Or, I mean, how does Jericho know that that wasn't the, the because, Moxley because, told no. him off the air, uh, was going, said he was going to tell him off the air what, what he was supposed to say. So, all right. Yeah, he was like, 
I was told this thing. I'm not going to say it now, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> and then apparently, Jer- according to the thing, Jericho talked at Double or Nothing and told somebody what the line was, and then they tweeted it, and then Jericho came back. You mean with, a wrestler no, didn't keep a secret? That wasn't it. <laughs> but I will say I this will, about Chris Jericho. He's, he's pretty good at keeping secrets when it comes to his own character. Yeah, he sure I, is, Bubby. I know I did not expect him to be at uh, All In. Uh, when he uh, was dressed up like Pentagon and did that whole thing. That was amazing. Brian, you'll get a kick out of this. As of yesterday, Eli Drake is now a free agent. I don't know if that means he's clear of his... Drake. I don't know if he's clear of his no-compete clause or what, but he is free and clear. uh, Great. As as in his contract. If you were Eli Drake, would you go to WWE? Yes. Or would you test it all out? I'd go to either one. I'd go to both. I, 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 <laughs> what kind of answer is that? I'd go I'd do, do it all, baby. I'd do it every every bit of it. Now, honestly, I'd go to AEW if I had the opportunity. I mean, I think that uh, Eli Drake has the the danger of falling into like the EC3 Austin Aries slot in the WWE, and Eric I would young. Wanna, yeah, I wouldn't want to see that happen to him um, because he's way better than that. But you know, there's tons of people that are way better than that. You know, is I love Eli Drake. Is Eli Drake better than Bobby Roode? I don't think so. So, uh, and Bobby Roode's, you know, chasing our truth through buildings. So I don't know if Eli Drake needs to go to the WWE. I'd rather go to AEW if I was if I was Eli. Real quick, guys, uh, Mrs. New has stopped into the chat. How you doing? Uh-oh. Appreciate you tuning in. She's checking to make sure you're here. He's here. <laughs> He's here with all his glory. That's right. I'm excited about Eli Drake, and I'm going to agree now with she you She heard guys. about KY wrestling, and it done got back to her, Brian Resner. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss New. <laughs> I thought maybe it was the uh, – the uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Mickey James is going to require surgery. She has an ACL injury and says she don't know how long she'll be out of action, but it will be for a while. Uh, Mickey, appreciate what you've done for the business, but I don't think that – Unless you're going to go down to AEW and help them girls get over, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be done. Thank you for your service. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank you for your She's out of the Army. You're not Army. Are you going to give her an honorable discharge from the professional wrestling industry? Yeah, she gets an honorable discharge. Safe. We'll see you at the Hall of Fame <laughs> in like 10 years. Well, you know, I I think what she After got, like you six world away. championships, and, and she wanted to try. She's done plenty of work, yeah. She's got a. I, I mean, she's had resume. a Hall of Fame career. Uh, they can recognize her, and, you know, she can go back and play mom. She and Nick Aldis apparently have a good life in Richmond. And Do you guys think we're going to ever see Nick Aldis in AEW? I, you know, Not that's right a, now. That's a strange thing because I don't know what Billy Corgan is going to do with NWA now. I think it's kind of uh, lost some pizzazz in the last six months compared to well, where it was at. Look, you, well, in any industry, you're either doing this or you're doing this. There is no this. Right. And so as soon as companies like AEW and MLW came on the scene, those other companies needed to do start doing this to include whatever Billy Corgan's going to do with, with the NWA – you know, and, and I mean, and I'm not advising anybody. I'm just saying. You that, know what Billy Corgan said whenever he uh, bought bought NWA? You know what he said? Today is the greatest day I've ever known. 
Hey, Derek's not here. I can say as much as I want. Hey, well, you know what? what? I think about Billy Corgan. I think Billy Corgan is basically the equivalent of a child playing with wrestling figures like I was when I was 11. I I think that him owning the NWA is all about him having fun. And I think he's going to keep paying Nick Aldis tons of money to do whatever match he tells him to do. I think that the best thing for NWA is for him to uh, align himself with AEW. Basically, anybody that will take them because he has three champions or four champions. He has the tag team champions, the women's champion, the uh, North American champion. Or the United, is that right? North American? Whatever Colt Cabana is right now. Because Colt Cabana is the champion. He's the uh, national, national, yeah, the national champion. National yes, champion. the national champion. And he has Nick Aldis. So he has, I don't know, really five guys or five people that, that, that he has. Put him out there. Put him out there all the time. But if AEW, Colt Cabana, I feel, is, is a good enough name that people would want to see him on AEW. Yeah. People would want to see Colt Cabana. I agree. People would want to see Nick Aldis. I'm not sure. I know Jazz was the female champion. I don't think she is anymore. I'm not sure. I think that, that Corgan has a choice to make. He either aligns with one of these established companies uh, like Impact or something where his champions are there. They use that belt, that lineage, and that type stuff. Uh, or, or I think the smartest thing for him to do would be to reestablish the NWA territories and strike something up with independent promoters and uh, try to form some loose alliance for I love no, the idea. No I love the idea of what Corgan's doing with the NWA Championship and Nick Aldis. I don't think that they will do this because these days it's it's so difficult to work together because everybody's wanting to put their own stuff over, if you will. I understand. But if they could have Nick Aldis go from MLW to Ring of Honor to AEW to New Japan defending that NWA championship, that would be amazing. It, it would be amazing. And then in the times when he's not in those big promotions, I'm telling you, he came, he came to ASW and it was a well-attended show. I wouldn't say It was a well-attended show just because Nick Aldis was in Madison, West Virginia. Defending to be, to be honest, the, let me ask you this. Do you think that Nick Aldis, and, and I like Nick Aldis. Don't get me wrong. I think Nick Aldis is awesome. I liked him when he was Magnus. I've always liked Nick Aldis. But what's a bigger draw, Nick Aldis or that NWA World Heavyweight Championship? In my opinion, that belt is a bigger draw than yeah. anybody that's held it in the last 10 years. Oh, sure. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's the belt. Now, I think, I think it's on a fitting champion because I don't think that you could have that belt on just anybody and it would have the prestige that it does as it's on the guy who was formerly Magnus of TNA. But because it's on him, it is. Yes, the title well, is more is more prestigious than the guy holding it, but I believe that the guy holding it gives the title some credence as well, Brian. Well, well, here's a, here's a, a, a reason why I have this opinion is because uh, you guys are all familiar with El Mariachi in uh, in Beaver. Yeah, I, br I sure, brought hold on, no pineapples, please. Best I, Beaver, West Virginia. Yes, we have people from all over the world. 
Okay, yeah, it's Beaver, West Virginia, El Mariachi. It's a Mexican we, uh, restaurant. It is a Mexican restaurant, and I Those brought Adam. I brought Adam Pierce to El Mariachi to eat chicken wings and meet fans, and nobody knew who Adam Pierce really was. The 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 main people who and, and that did not stop them from lining up down the stairs. I had people lined up through the restaurant, up the stairs, and up around to meet Adam Pierce because everybody wanted to touch that belt. None of those people even knew who Adam Pierce was, but they knew that that NWA World Championship was going to be sitting there. Yep. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Come back and talk about our weekly John, topic. What? John, what? wait. What? Okay, wait. What? I, 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 need to, I need to lead into this commercial break. So when we come back from commercial – not only am I going to tell you how you can meet Scott Hall for free, but I'm also going to give Steve New a present. Oh, suck it now. We're going to come guys, back we'll from right commercial. Back. Is it a bottle of KY? Two attorneys. One location. Kevin Ward and Josh Miller. Hello, my name is Gavin Ward. I'm an attorney serving Southern West Virginia. If you need help with a real estate transaction or closing, probating a state, a property dispute, estate planning, or bankruptcy, give us a call. We can help. Hello, I'm attorney Josh Miller. I serve Southern West Virginia. If you've been injured in a car accident or hurt on the job or charged with a crime, please come see me today. I can help. For a free consultation, call 681-207-7400. Dorsey's Hogtails, located on U.S. Route 60, just off of Route 19 and just past Midland Trail High School. There's always something going on at Dorsey's, and you can bet that whatever it is, it's a good time. Be sure to try some of the best food in southern West Virginia. Then, you can sharpen those billiard skills with a relaxing game of pool. Dorsey's also offers some of the best live local music in the region on most weekends. So what are you waiting for? Stop in and see what makes Dorsey's so great. That's Dorsey's Hogtails, located on U.S. Route 60, just off of Route 19 in Heiko. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the Royal Ramble, and here is the scoop about how to meet Scott Hall for free. Now, after this, after this edition of the Royal Ramble, in the next day or two, well, I mean, we're going we're gonna to share some this evening, and we're also going to share some tomorrow. But when we share some information about Scott Hall going to Taboo Gentlemen's Club in Martinsburg, then all you have to do is share that that post whatever that post is and if you share it every time you share one you get into the contest and we're going to draw on thursday night we're going to do a special royal ramble broadcast where we draw a winner of everyone who has shared it in the in the last in the next 24 hours and whoever gets that drawing win will receive two tickets to go to taboo to watch the taboo ladies versus the vixens with Scott Hall as the referee, you'll get to meet Scott Hall. You'll get to see uh, all the action, and uh, and you might even get a free bottle of KY jelly. Oh, so wait, so wait, 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 wait. What you're telling me is that every time we have a post on the Royal Ramble page, 
every time we make a post about this Scott Hall event, every time you, the viewer, shares this, that is one entry? Yeah, that's one entry. That, so if you, if you go and share it twice, you're in there twice. If you share it four times, you're in there four times. Now, oh, how ever times you share it is how many chances you've got to get two tickets to not only meet Scott Hall, but to also attend this event with the Vixens versus the Taboo Girls and in the KY Jelly match with uh, Scott Hall in between, calling it right down the middle. So if you really want to see, if you really want to see Scott Hall referee against this KY Jelly stripper match, I don't know what the politically correct terms are, Reznor. I really don't. But if you shared this thing a hundred times, you would have a hundred entries. That's that's correct. Oh. Okay. And you got 24 hours to do it. So if you see the Royal Ramble, make a post about Scott Hall and this event, then you want to share it because you will have an opportunity to win tickets and meet and greet passes to meet Scott Hall at Taboo Gentlemen's Club and get to see all the action. Now, this is for 18 and up only. No children can be a part of this event because from what I understand, the match has a uh, no clothes law. Are there going to be any foreign objects using this KY Jelly huh. match? You never you know. Keep, you, you keep... Uh, Bing, behave Bing. yourself, Gummy Cole. Rich can even behave talk yourself. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, now, since we've already told everybody how they can win Scott Hall, uh, meet and greet and, uh, and uh, pass us to the event, now it's time for me to present Steve New with his gift. Now, Steve New went all the way to WrestleMania... And he brought me home one of the coolest shirts ever. And me. And he brought me one, too. He did. Me he too. brought you one. And me, too. But, and he brought us all a gift. And, and he's been such an amazing friend to all of us that I said, you There's know what? I've got yeah. to really, I got to really put something cool together for Steve. So that's what I did. And John Covey Cole helped me out. He went and picked it up for me when I shipped it from Florida. And now, I did nothing, Steve. I did nothing. Well, just, just you being you know. used enough, Rich. All right. But, but, well, but he was here. I know. But he was here to see it, and we're all we're we're gonna we're presenting you this. Wow. But but it's for me. Just so you know. Wow. <laughs> is it a solar panel? It, it is, is not, not a solar, a solar panel. panel. <laughs> it is not a solar panel. May I? Yes, sir. If you guys don't know, I became a Game of Thrones fan late. I was late to the Game of Thrones party, but... Seven, seven seasons and 38 hours or something, wasn't it? It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I basically watched seven seasons in 30 days and got all the way caught up, got really in, just immersed in the Game of Thrones universe. And Brian, your lovely wife... Is also a huge Game of Thrones fan, and she and I she were is. putting the theories back and forth about what was going to happen. And so, wow, 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 wow. <gasps> that is wow on the Iron Throne. Yeah, that's what's up. That oh, is that's... what's up, Brian. That is going to be displayed prominently. Well. I don't know whether I want it in my man cave at home. Where? What do you think, John? Man cave you, at home? I think you, I think you need to put that on the front door of the office. All right. You I can put it wherever you want. I think that needs to be on a billboard. 
And I, and I'm <laughs> well, you know, there's two things that come with it, Steve. Two things that come with it is, A, I'm going to send you a digital copy so you can change your profile pic to it if you'd like. Yes. And second, I've also have taken this design, and with the help of uh, Mr. Kevin Ford from Fast Tees, we are designing a T-shirt logo <laughs> with this on it. Yes. So if you, if you would like to get some T-shirts made of this in the future, we can do that. Yes. And, uh, and you can hang that anywhere you want to, buddy. I think it turned out great. And I've got to give a big shout out to my friend Evan Snyder from Orlando, Florida. He's actually from West Virginia, but he moved to Orlando, Florida. He helped me put it together, and we I just couldn't wait to, to show it to you. I'm blown, is- I'm blown away. I, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Brian. Gosh. No problem. Thank you for being our friend, man. You've been a, you've been a great friend to us all. All right, if we're that done rubbing Peters together, let's go ahead and uh... tweet that. To, hold on, you need to take it. I was when, at when the ramble and a cockfight broke out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Talk about that damn KY uh, jelly match. Tweet that to Cornette because he will retweet that because that is awesome, and you will get. It, dude, you could sell some shirts. Yeah. We're merchandising your ass right I, now. So I, I don't sell them. I, we gave away, what was it, Brian? A hundred at the ASW show. Yeah, you got two. You got two hundred on the way. I got two hundred on the way. Honest, honest to goodness, it was sell like them breaking, for charity, Stephen. It was like breaking. Sell them for mesothelioma, son. Sean Bowman on Facebook says he wants a shirt, Steve. All right, you got one, Sean. Next time I'm in OCN, I'll bring you some merch, brother. All right, guys, let's get back to the show here. We got one more order of business here tonight, and that is the topic this week. Got a quick topic. Oh, God. Who was the best authority figure of all time? So I can let you guys ramble. I'll go first, John. Okay. My favorite authority figure, and I'll explain why briefly, and then we can move on to you guys. Gorilla Monsoon was one of my favorite. I'll be right back. All right. Gorilla Monsoon was one of my favorite announcers growing up. And when he transitioned out of the announce position, I was really glad when he became, uh, and after Jack Tunney had been the... One of my favorite moments in time was when Gorilla Monsoon come back out during the Ironman match and made it restart it. I was like, yes! Yes. So for reasons like that, Gorilla Monsoon, Commissioner mid 90s WWF, my favorite authority figure of all time. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and you know, but, just because of the mention, I love Jack Tunney too. He was such a big part of my childhood. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I, I never got to really enjoy Jack Tunney. He was gone before I really got into wrestling. Which, mind you, I could go back on the network and kind of relive some stuff that I've missed. But it's not the same. It's like watching a football game. That you've never seen six years after it happened. You know. Well, I, I'll tell you something that Jack Tunney did that really stands out to me is when he announced that Ric Flair could no longer show the real world's title on WWE TV and that it was going to have to be video distorted. And they video distorted the WCW World Championship on wow. WWE TV really? because Jack Tunney made it made it the law. Yep. <sighs> Uh, Rich Quick, while you were gone, Mr. New's favorite authority figure of all time was Gorilla Monsoon. Uh Uh-huh. And he got us talking about Jack Tunney. Oh. 
Just catch well, you back up, buddy. Just catch right. you back up. No, no, no. no all right. I'm, I'm I with you. the floor. <laughs> um, the floor to the next, to the next one. Mine what it is, got us talking about Jack Tunney. Right. Correct. And Brian was talking about when, uh, was it Ric Flair you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ric Flair came to WWE with the WCW title in with 1992. In 1992, he, he, no, the 10 pounds of gold is the NWA world title. That's oh, 10 big, pounds gold. Of gold. I'm, big, big gold. I'm big gold. The, the big, big gold. gold. To, to WWF in 1991, late 91. 90, 90, 92, early 92. Hey, and when he knows he's sh- 92, Steve, so he's... I'll bet it, you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It, might because, be, it might be late 91. It might be late 91. Because I saw Ric Flair with Big Gold wrestle Roddy Piper at the Huntington Civic Center in October of 91. Okay, Roddy I believe that. I believe that. I believe that because it might have been late 91, but... He really kicked it off in 92 when yep. he won the WWE world title. Didn't he but win the Royal Rumble that in 92? 92, he, he came he'd out been number there three. A couple of, he'd been there three or four months at that point. And that was one of the only Royal Rumbles that had the world title on the line. Yeah. But that was the first Royal Rumble, if, with the title on the if line. I'm correct, that had the title on the line. And then, like, yeah. After there's only that, been two. Yeah. There's only, there's only been two. But, uh, but, yeah, but Jack Tunney made them video distort that title <laughs> so they couldn't show it on TV anymore. And that was a, kind of a shoot because WCW was trying to sue him over it. But Flair owned – the problem was, again, I say, the large print give it, the small print take it away. Flair owned Big Gold. It didn't belong to WCW. It was his property. He took well, he it. he had the deposit. He had a deposit. No, he well, owned no, Big Gold. He owned it because Jim Hurd told him to shove it up his ass. Speaking yeah. of Jim Hurd, oh, well. Sean Bowman here on Facebook says his favorite authority figure was Jim Hurd. Yeah, boo. <laughs> yeah, boo. Jim Hurd. Boo. Jim Hurd. That's like saying your favorite authority figure was... That's like saying your favorite authority figure was Ole Anderson. <laughs> boo. I'm going to... Excuse me! <laughs> that's That's... That might be mine. I said, oh, no, Biatch. Oh, Probably. You there are two cool. other great authority figures left. All right, Rich Quick, I'm going to let you have the floor next. Here, you get the talking stick. Who is uh, your pick for the best authority figure of all time? Well, uh, actually, I I would have I, I would have assumed somebody would, somebody would have picked Vince McMahon. Seeing as how he's the logical choice, I'll let you continue, but that's going to be mine as well. Okay, so therefore, my next choice was going to be Jack Tunney because I liked it because you could—he was somebody nobody ever saw—and you could like logically go, "Well, this guy in an office somewhere just doesn't, you know, doesn't get it." Just ah, what are you going to do, the man? Jack Tunney said it. It's got to happen. But but the other logical choice is Eric Bischoff. Yeah. If you're going to go Vince McMahon, I'll go Eric Bischoff. And as much as I love the Jack Tunney role of just be this guy that nobody knows and just go, Jack Tunney said, go, well, shit, I guess he said it. You know, like, uh, but Eric Bischoff was (laughs) the... Eric Bischoff was the authority role opposite Vince McMahon. He did not do it, in my opinion, as well as Vince McMahon, but he was right up there. So, there you go. 
There's my answer. Mike, Mike, Mike Loving has been dying to get on the show tonight, Brian. Um, so I want to go ahead and throw him up on the screen here on Facebook. Mike Loving says his favorite authority figure was Brian Reznor with SCW. <laughs> you, were you know, I'm surprised. Figure. I'm surprised that no one else said that. That was, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, when it comes to classic wrestling, Brian Reznor was a hell of an authority I'll figure. I'll tell you in what, SCW. I, I might have picked you if I'd have got a cool ass uh, poster with me sitting on a uh, throne. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might have picked you then. Well, you know, I was a pretty awesome authority figure, I must say. But uh, thanks very Why much. Why were Mike you Loving. an awesome authority figure? Because you always talked. Because you always talked like threw me out. Why <laughs> is that? Is that why you were awesome? Um, well, there was a few things. things. I think yeah, I looked right. pretty good too. Had had nice suits. Um, said cool things. That's what it takes. Huh? All right. Yeah, that's what it takes. Freaking low. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I picked Vince McMahon. Steve picked Gorilla Monsoon. Rich Quick picks Eric Bischoff. Brian Reznor, are you with us, or do you got your own pick? I've got my own pick, and honestly, I wasn't really a big fan of this topic. I didn't figure it would go anywhere, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I've molded a, an answer that would actually go somewhere. So I'd say, you know, if, if I was on the other end of the spectrum, the, the least person I would pick is John Laronitis. Uh, he's got to be the worst authority figure of all time. Would, I, would you Would I you guys agree with Paige that? Paige sucked pretty bad. Oh, do we count her? Does she count? Uh, I didn't know she counted. What about the raw general manager that was on the computer? That sucked pretty bad. That wasn't as bad as John Laronitis, but I will go people and I will power. say... Uh, I will say, yeah, people power. Um, so I will say... Eric Bischoff was a great pick. I mean, that was a great pick. Not only was he a great authority figure in WCW, but he was also a great authority figure on Raw. I mean, he gave us HLA. He gave us the... the uh, oh, stop being sarcastic. Spin the wheel. No, I'm not. I love Eric Bischoff. I will always love Eric Brown's Bischoff. I'll fly in just for this yeah, event Saturday. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to be divorced. <laughs> I, I may. If I fly in, we've all got to go. And we got to bring our wives. That's the way it goes. But nevertheless, um, I'm sure my wife will make it fun for your wives. But <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, when I go to, uh, yeah, you don't have a wife. Never mind. Sorry, Rich Quick. You can go. You can just go wherever you want. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, if if you're going through all the, the great leaders, you know, as much as I want to say Bill Watts in 1992, which I'm not going to because that'd be ridiculous, my favorite authority figure was Hold Paul Heyman. Oh, never mind. You're too quick with eh. Paul Heyman. Paul, yeah. Paul Heyman in, in ECW and on SmackDown was probably my favorite authority figure of all time. Hey, player. I hated Teddy Long. You put him in a tag really team match. Teddy Long, and I didn't want to, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't like Teddy Long at all. I didn't either. Before I talk more about uh, your your pick and uh, Teddy Long and others, Ben Cliff, he's been trying to get his word here today, too. He I says, uh, yeah, JCC, Paige literally sucked pretty bad. Just ask Xavier Woods <laughs> oh and Brad Maddox. You know, that's a, that's a funny joke, Ben Cliff, but after the post that we've seen you make last week, we know that you know nothing about leadership. Oh. I'll move on. forward. There it is. <laughs> Nothing, Ben Cliff. Uh, there it is. Yeah, 
It's easy um, to talk about leadership when you leave all, live all the way over there in England, but you know nothing about leadership in Cliff. We've seen your posts. I don't wear diapers. I don't care what I wear. <laughs> I do not wear diapers. Melania does not change me. All right. Now, Ivanka does me. Is, only what I ask I've never heard that before, Steve. That's I mean, a great impression. That, great. And I want you, you know, I want to hear more of that. I want an entire I want an entire Steve new Donald Trump. Next week like, on the Royal <laughs> Ramble, we are going to interview uh Donald P. Trump. Yes. Yes. <laughs> call and leave yes. voice messages. Yes. Yes, please. We do my voicemail. Yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> are you suffering from mesothelioma? He will call and leave you a voicemail. That's, that's right. <laughs> Second most recognizable athlete. Uh, a couple others that wasn't mentioned that are, are pretty good in my book, Triple H and Stephanie. They've kind of been watered down, but there for a period of time, they were entertaining. Yeah. Or like whenever they did the whole, like, the red fist thing. Remember that? Do you remember no, that? I don't. No. Remember when there was two red fists on each side of the – and it stood for their power, and then it ended up being Kane. No, you don't remember like that? That was it was like ninety, I don't know, ninety nine or something, maybe two thousand one. Hey, what the hell? I was where where's my coffee? I was doing at? a lot of drugs in in, in ninety nine. Oh, yeah. I don't really remember Sorry, that. Sorry guys. Yeah. See, he's not got my my wife trained better than I do. She's bringing him coffee, and she didn't bring me nothing. Jeez. Oh. You got the gold mine. I got you the, the poster, the coffee. And I got she to, hears me down well, here hacking and feels sorry <clears throat> for me because I've talked for three straight days. Well, I believe we know who's in charge here. Yeah, Bill Watts. That's on my list. Bill Watts was an excellent. I mean, if anyone yep. knows about Bill Watts's leadership, it's me because I spent my time watching '92 WCW and he was trying his best to ruin it. But uh, you know, the the little things like making over the top rope illegal coming off the top rope illegal. Those were really interesting add-ons that made for uh, interesting events. Like when the referee's down, all of a sudden we can go off the top rope. Or, you know, if, if the referee's back's turned, we can throw our opponent over the top rope and not get disqualified. It did make for some interesting stuff. It did get old, though, I will say that. Kenny Dunn here on Facebook, he's doing his best uh, text version of uh, impersonating Teddy Long, he says you're going to go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> That's when somebody needed a beatdown who'd been bad out back. Yeah, Thor Hines says authority figure Eric Bischoff, WCW, TNA, and WWE. He was terrible in TNA. Though. Didn't like him in. T- I was going to say, Brian, I didn't like him in TNA. Uh, I didn't know until this week that Bischoff was the one that um, he was the brains behind Aces and Eights. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was brains behind that gimmick. I, <laughs> I, really I, I have a theory. What do you guys think would have happened to WCW long term if Bishop stays playing the face and doesn't try to become one of the boys? I don't think it would have lasted as long. I don't think I, it really would have. No, nah, I, I think I, that I, heel turn was big. I, I, I do. I, I think if they had put together a coalition of guys in charge and wrestlers – if, basically, if Bischoff had a stable of faces that were with him trying to battle the NWO. Sounds like a War Games match to me. 
Yeah, face tables only work around war games time. But you know what? A good question that springs off of yours is what would wrestling be like if Vince McMahon wouldn't have bought WCW and Eric Bischoff would have? Because he he almost did. He he did. Jericho almost put together a coin. It only sold for ten million bucks. Well, Jericho said after the fact. It was like three million. Yeah, Jericho said after the fact that if he would have known it was going to sold so low, he would have bought it. Yeah. But Eric Bischoff actually had a a investors had a plan, everything, and then when Tom Warner said, "Yeah, we're not going to have this on our TV." That's when his shit fell through. Hey, we got to give yeah, Rich quick the TV talking stick. Deal, yeah, once the TV deal fell through, then we're like, uh, shit, well, we got nothing. Uh, was like it two three, or three, four million, something, something like, like that? that? Wow. For yeah, the whole library. 2.3 for the whole that. thing. That's wow. insane. That's insane. And Jericho was like, shit, I, I could have yeah, bought it. Right, right. Jericho said at the time he thinks he could have put enough money together. To have bought but the, it for like two and a half million bucks. But there was no TV deal. Yeah, but the, yeah, the question the is, w- without any TV, all you have is a library. And right. without that, w- without the network, what worth is the library? I mean, you, I guess you could come out with all kinds of DVDs, but it'd take a long time to make your money back. Well, in, t- in 2001, I mean, that's pre-streaming. That's pre-iTunes. Rest in peace. Uh, iTunes, you know, has no streaming, no anything. I hell, you stream it on Napster, I guess, but it wouldn't have been worth a whole lot as a video Napster. library in two thousand one. You old ass. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what about wire. uh? What LimeWire? That thing gave me all kind of viruses. <laughs> and I had a Ma Kazaa. That was one yes, of them I used. <laughs> um, how about uh, Vicky Guerrero, guys? She was uh, entertaining at times. She wasn't like, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. How about the worst authority figures? Number one, mine, Dixie Carter. I like Dixie. You like Dixie as an authority figure? I don't know, man. I always had like a weird crush on Dixie. <laughs> you and Kevin Nash. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Something about it. I, I just I always thought Dixie maybe was we can, uh, cool. Maybe next go around when uh, Kevin Nash comes down to the titty bar for his Jello match, <laughs> we can get Dixie to come, and, come with him. <laughs> Southern X presents Kevin Nash and Dixie Carter. What about uh, Mick Foley? Eh, no. No. William Regal, <laughs> NXT. That was good. Yeah, no, he's very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Very good. Probably my favorite Johnny thing Singh I ever seen William Regal do in, is when he came UK. out. What's that, Rich? I'm sorry. I said Johnny Saint in NXT UK is very good. There you go. What about Dusty Rhodes in NXT? That was really good. Dusty Rhodes, yes. But anyway, William <laughs> Regal. My favorite thing I ever seen William Regal do was when he was he came out and was defending Eugene. And who who was it he was talking to though? I can't remember who he was talking to, but he came out and cut a promo. Was it Triple H? Maybe. Oh, wow. But anyway, it was great. It must not been too oh, no. memorable. My huh? favorite thing I've seen William Regal do was when he was all, I don't want to say it yet, he was all screwed up and he came out and wrestled Goldberg and wrestled Goldberg. Yeah. I just watched that the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite William Regal moment because he was like, because he got fired. Right. <laughs> I was like, you're supposed to put it, nah, whatever, you know. No. <laughs> uh, you know, you know that. You know, there's an old respect uh, to William Regal. 
There's an old story out there of Scott Steiner getting really mad and doing that too. That's just because he nobody would help him figure out his math problem. That's, that's what I told well, Ben Cliff earlier. That's already he was mad. Supposedly got Scott Steiner percent chance. Supposedly Scott Steiner beat the crap out of uh, Goldberg in a shoot in the ring and wouldn't let him go and kept holding him down and was just doing it in front of a live crowd at a house show. And then when uh, when the uh, upper management came out to tell him that he needed to stop doing what he was doing, he just dropped to his back and said, pin me! And Goldberg pinned him, and then they left. And then wow. he never and he never worked Scott Steiner again. Wow. Yeah, that's how you do it. But that's <laughs> what happened. But that's what happens when you're a bench warmer for the Atlanta Falcons and Ted Turner calls you up and says, you're either going to become a wrestler or you're going home. And he's like, ah, I guess I'm going to be a wrestler. He was Who's over. next? He was over. Get over. Who's he, next? Hey, I'm telling you, man, in 97 and 98, he was so hot. was hot. So hot. He was, he was, he he was, was over. over. He was over because he looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? He yeah. was a he was a glorified <laughs> ultimate warrior. What about Moxley? He's kind of got the Stone Cold look going on now, don't he? The Moxley can wrestle. What? Because he gave middle fingers to Juice Robinson? Moxley can wrestle, Rich. Moxley can wrestle. He doesn't have a goatee. He doesn't drink beer. Moxley can beer. wrestle. It don't even matter. Smoke cigarettes. Watching kangaroo, now don't tell me. <laughs> what about Teddy Long? We talked about him earlier. Shane O'Mac. Eh. Sergeant Slaughter was memorable. Back with DX, a lot of stuff they did together. I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was more comedic. Yeah. And he was more of a goon for Vince McMahon than an authority figure. Yeah, very yeah. much. Uh, Jim Cornette. I love Jim wrong. Cornette. Yeah, he's yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was a good authority figure. That's pretty much all yeah. I got. You guys got any others you want to throw out there? Bruce Pritchard was an authority figure in TNA for like six weeks. Really? It was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. And then Jim Cornette took his place. And that was kind of cool, too. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there was like uh, Bob Barker, who was a celebrity GM or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg did that, too. <laughs> I'm waiting for Snoopy getting the Hall of Fame, baby, just because he showed up. Yeah, you know. Next week's topic, guys, I think it's going to be interesting to see and hear some of your answers. Next week's topic is, what was the best tag team move of all time? Hmm. And we're also going to have a special guest special guest host next week, comedian Andy Frampton out of Charleston, West Virginia, is going to come up and join us. He's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, what was the best tag team move of all time? I love Andy Frampton. He's a great guest host. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Yeah, we've had him on once before. We had him in for the Royal Ramble Rumble this year, but there was so much going on, we really couldn't. And Andy's such a big wrestling fan. Feel like I do. How you feel? What is it? What is it with comedians and being wrestling fans? It seems to go hand in hand. Like almost all comedians are pro wrestling fans. I yeah. think that's pretty awesome. Andy Kaufman being the first notable. Yeah. Pro wrestling and we, fan we've comedian. got, we've got local ones. Andrew Bess. He is a, uh, he is a wrestling fan. So is Christopher Shanklin, AKA I am Shank. He, uh, he is a, a wrestling fan. 
Uh, Josh McDonald, he's a wrestling fan. Hello, you're on with the Royal Ramble. Who do we got? Jonathan Darwin, John. Hey, Mr. Darwin, what's up, buddy? Not much, not much. Just at home, I got the little boy down, so I figure I'd pop on, catch a little bit. I was going to say, it's not so much for me the authority figure. Specifically, it's like little things that I remember. You guys were talking about Jack Tunney earlier. And I remember being a kid over my grandma's house on Sunday watching Wrestling Challenge. And it's like, and next week, Jack Tunney's going to respond. And it just, there was sucked you in to want to see what was going to happen, especially after that Saturday night's main event where Hogan was cheated out of the championship. That was one of my favorite moments. And the other thing I was thinking about when you guys were talking about Mick Foley, it was, there was some little angle they did with Mick Foley where he signed a bunch of contracts before he got fired. And then it was just like before a match started, Mick's like, oh yeah, I signed the contract before I got fired. I can make this match whatever I want. And he put the stipulation in. So it's bits and pieces that I remember that I think uh, brought each GM his own special flavor or her special flavor to that role. Hey, I agree 120%, man. Everybody's kind of got their own thing that they remember. Even most of the names that were mentioned here today on the show, I can look back and think of a moment that they did something that was very impactful to me as a fan. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Darwin, we're going to hop off the line, brother. Appreciate you calling in, buddy. Ramble on. No problem. Take care. Talk to you Rich, wake up. Rich, where are you at? What are you doing? Guys, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Steve, well, I'll start with I, you. Brian, thank you for my great poster. John, thanks for having me. Rich, it's good to see you again, brother. And EJ, thanks for the coffee. EJ, thank you for the coffee. Not bringing your husband's son. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. Brian Reznor, you guys follow Who's thoughts? the greatest authority figure? Steve knew. Because <laughs> your wife brought him coffee and not you. Oh, I made a rhyme. That's the last thing I have to say. Rich said, who's running? I guess we're out of time. That's what happens when you beat people up, Brian. Brian. See? Yeah. That's what happens. All right. So my keep beating people up, John and your wife. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm not beating anybody up. I don't know why Derek can't get to the show when he says he's going to get to the show. I have nothing to do with it. Brian, you got any final thoughts? My final thought will uh, require you to put that poster on the screen one more time when I say when we start sharing Scott Hall going to uh, not that one, Steve. That wrong poster. <laughs> well, there's that cool one too. But when Scott Hall is mentioned on our page about this event, you have 24 hours to share it as many times as you can, and every time that you share it, you'll be entered into the drawing. And then tomorrow night, Thursday night, we're going to do a special. Royal Ramble segment where we will draw a winner and that winner will get two tickets to go see Scott Hall and meet Scott Hall at Taboo Gentlemen's Club. It's going to be big. So what you're saying so, is they can win two tickets to paradise. That's right. They can pack their pack bags, bags and leave and tomorrow leave night. night. Tomorrow Taboo night. Taboo and Vixens. However Which you quick, wanna... I thought you were gone. Two I thought, tickets I, I, to... I, I, what? Uh, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm... <laughs> And, 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 really? I'm trying to fix your song here. 
Sorry. Because Paradise is probably the name of a strip club. That's all I'm – I mean, I'm just taking a guess. I, I think – I think, well, Paradise might be the name of a strip club, but that strip club will be empty on Saturday night What's because Taboo is where it's at with Scott Hall and the KY Jelly Girls. Now, you – I think you've been drinking too much uh, of that little green uh, glass you had. I thought maybe it was soda, but I think now by the end of the show, we might have might have been uh, dipping into the wine That's cellar. That's you been drinking again. Me? No. I, I am I am personally offended of the fact that you would call me out on such <laughs> a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the piano has I been drinking, not, not him. Plus. <laughs> All right, look, I am not judging a wrestling match or a shit club right now. I am sitting in my home. And right. T- actually, not in my home, in a tiny ass hotel room. But I'm sitting here, and, not and trying the, to be called out on these kind of things. And the piano has been drinking, not him, not <laughs> him. That's my favorite song. <laughs> I know I it love is. You. I love you too. <laughs> Rich, quick, do you have any closing statements? I think I've just said them. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure. Nobody's well, listen, guys, you. we've been having a good time here on the Saturday night. Been drinking a little bit. For Steve Dew with a fancy little poster and a daggone coffee from my wife, Brian Reznor with my uh, favorite John Covey impression. That is my favorite. Brian Reznor with uh, Scott Hall and his jelly coming to town Saturday, and Rich Quick in his little tiny ass hotel room. I'm hey, the... wait! <laughs> can I please request a conversation between Steve Steve News Trump and drunk John Covey Cole? <laughs> That'll be the greatest video segment of all time. I think my head will have play. zero viewers for that. No, segment. and we'd have them all. Listen, so I don't viewers. care if you want to build a motherfucking wall. We're not building a wall, all right? <laughs> oh, the one put the F-bomb in. That's He's my first one. That's my first one. Oh, yeah. Who's the drunk one? It's now? usually yeah. Reznor, but. All right. So By that the was. Way, <laughs> Steve New, please send all of us. A Trump message. <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> I sure will. I would really like that. All right, guys. Christmas anyway, in for, July, man. For Steve Noob, Brian Reznor. diapers. I don't care what he but Big Cliff, I'll be by to drink some tea in just a little while. Have the crumpets and the tea And not bringing tea, bring the liquor. Bring the liquor. Don't bring a tea. I drink scotch. We're in Scotland, so I'm drinking scotch. You just grab her right by the um, anyway. All right, guys. That's, that's it. Rich Quick, Brian Reznor. Steve New, I'm John Covey Cole. Guys, Ramble on, friends. Ramble on. Please go give us a five-star review and also check out our Facebook at facebook.com slash royalramble304. You can find us on Twitter at royalramble304. 